Hi, and welcome to episode number 21 of the Crypto Chick Podcast, your inside resource for the latest blockchain trends. I'm your host, the Crypto Chick, Rachel Wolfson. Today, I'm interviewing Yoav Dror, CEO and co-founder of PumaPay. In this interview, Yoav explains how PumaPay is one of the only blockchain-based payment solutions that allows businesses to utilize flexible billing models over the Ethereum network. Dror also shares his opinion on why businesses that have specific tokens representing certain products will not be productive. He also discusses Libra and the future of cryptocurrency. Enjoy my interview with Yoav. Hi, today I'm here with Yoav Dror. He's the CEO and co-founder of PumaPay. Hi, Yoav. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. It's been um, a really fun trip here in Asia with you. So far, yes. Yeah. So let's start off by telling our listeners what PumaPay is. Okay, so PumaPay, it's a comprehensive payment system that utilizes the blockchain technology and combines the advantages of blockchain technology together with the uh, advantages, the flexibility and ease of use of payment cards. And so it's a payment platform. What companies do you typically work with? I mean, what companies benefit the most from this uh, protocol? When we just started, we were approaching mainly high-risk uh, industries like the adult entertainment industry, uh, gaming, uh, forex, and we were very successful there because our system solves many of the pains that they experience when it comes to uh, payments, mainly chargebacks and uh, high processing fees. I see. Okay. So you're working with enterprises, basically, businesses that need help with billing solutions, but this is a blockchain-based solution. Correct. And so what does that mean exactly? It means that, first of all, uh, there is no middleman. We are not like uh, the credit card networks that we process the transaction and uh, we do everything. We just uh, facilitate the transaction and the transaction is peer-to-peer between the customer and uh, the business. It means that uh, we bring the, the flexibility of cards. We created the unique uh, architecture of smart contracts, which we call the pool payment protocol which uh, inverses the mechanic of the crypto transaction. And this enables us to introduce many payment methods that were not possible before on the blockchain, like uh, subscription, like top-up, paper use, paper time, etc., etc. And this is our uh, key innovation. And this is the main thing that uh, we bring. So it's called the pull payment protocol. Yes. The Puma Pay Pull Payment Protocol. Exactly. It's very fun yeah. to say. That's that's definitely a mouthful. Yes. So let's kind of dig a little bit deeper into that. So this, so your solution is built on Ethereum, correct? Yes. Okay. So this protocol, how is it different than other Ethereum payment solutions? Most of the existing solutions, they all focus around one type of transaction, which is the natural crypto transaction, which is the send uh, transaction or, or push transaction as opposed to put. Meaning that the customer or um, anyone needs to, to type in the address of the recipient and press send and send the funds to them. And with the pool payment protocol, we inverse the mechanic of this transaction. And we allow the business to hook into the wallet of the customer and based on the pre-approved terms, 
that were accepted by the customer, the merchant is allowed to pull funds from their wallet. And this enables uh, uh, all the flexible billing solutions or uh, flexible billing models that we now enable. We're, we were the first company to introduce recurring payments on the Ethereum network back in uh, October 2018. And now we're introducing more and more uh, such billing models. Uh, we already have uh, uh, four live, I think, and another one coming within two or three weeks and more to come in the future. Right, I see. And so right now, there's also a token associated with all of this. It's called the PMA token. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so basically, uh, your customers, which are companies like Wix and Fashion TV and Pornhub, they let their clients use the PMA token to make all of this work, right? Co correct. I see. The PMA token is the is the is the blood of the protocol it's the sole means of a value transfer in the protocol and anyone wishing to use our protocol needs to accept the pma token right but and you also mentioned that eventually moving forward you're hoping that this the pull payment protocol will accommodate other tokens correct correct but still uh, the principle is that the sole means of uh, value transfer is the pma token what I meant is that we will uh, we are uh, working now on uh, creating the technology to automatically convert other tokens to the PMA token at the mo uh, uh, when the time comes for a transaction. So you will be able to subscribe with uh, say uh, Dash or Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash, and the time uh, at the time of the transaction where the payment is due, the funds will be automatically automatically converted to PMA tokens. It's not a big challenge when it, uh, when it's uh, Ether or uh, coins that uh, support smart contracts. But when it comes to Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash or Litecoin that, that does not support uh, smart contracts, th there are some challenges here, which we try to overcome. I see. Can you go into detail about what you're doing to overcome those challenges? I mean, it's really fascinating to, to think that, you know, that this solution might one day accommodate Bitcoin when it's on the Ethereum blockchain. I don't want to go into too much details, uh, mainly because we don't have the solution yet. We're looking at several directions. One of the directions, which I think it's the easiest to accomplish, is to create some sort of a custodian wallet where some of the funds of the users are managed by a third party or a third party has access to this uh, fund. It will not be Puma Pay. It would be someone else. And then when, uh, whenever the time comes, they will convert it automatically to PMA with a scheduling. It will be automatic and not uh, manual and uh, execute the transaction. I see. Okay. But that's only one type of solution. There are other possibilities. We're looking uh, to find the best solution. Right. I mean, I think that this technology is really revolutionary. And like we were talking about a few days ago, that this could even be applied for companies such as Netflix moving forward, um, because those are their subscription-based payment models, right? Correct. The subscription payment model is the first advanced billing model that we developed, and it's we see it as the cornerstone of all the billing models because it is so common in daily lives. All the rest, like the top of billing model and utility payment and paper time, are also important, but they're not. They're not as a important as the subscription payment model. And indeed, this could be a good solution for uh, companies like uh, Netflix and uh, Spotify and any uh, uh, SaaS company, Dropbox, Adobe, uh, whatever, anyone that 
charges a, a monthly for a recurring fee can utilize this and charge customers and they will pay with their crypto. I see. And so, and you were talking about there's different use cases here. There's different solutions, but that's just one example, like a subscription-based payment. Mm -hmm. What are the other ones that uh, Puma Pay accommodates? So, first of all, we have the subscription payment with uh, two more uh, flavors, if you will. We have the subscription payment with a free tax free trial period, which is essentially uh, uh, the first payment is delayed by, so let's say a platform can give a seven days free trial and then it will charge you every month. And the other uh, flavor is single payment plus subscription, which turns out to be a paid trial plus subscription, which is very common, for example, in a dating platform. You pay, I don't know, $3.95 for the first uh, three days and then uh, $6.95 for every week something like that. So these are uh, the subscription model. Apart of, uh, from that, we have the single pool payment, which is a single transaction, but inverse. So instead of being a push, it's a pool. And the advantage here is that by being a pool, party that is paying the uh, Ethereum gas fee is the merchant and not the customer. Because usually in the normal crypto transaction, whoever initiates the transaction, they pay the fee. So if I want to pay someone, I have to pay the fee. And this is uh, exactly op opposite to how I'm used to in, uh, with credit cards. With credit cards, when I go to the shop and pay with a credit card, I don't expect to pay the processing fee for the merchant. They take care of that. So the single pool payment solves this and uh, creates a single payment where the merchant uh, initiates the transaction and pay the fee. Then we have the dynamic price uh, single pool payment which allows the businesses to create a single QR code without a price on it. And then they inject the price dynamically uh, on their platform. And this is useful, for example, uh, for a um, travel industry where the air tickets, the, the price fluctuates uh, very much. So it won't make sense for them to go and create a billing model for each price point. So they create like a like QR code with a price placeholder, and then uh, whenever a customer uh, clicks the purchase, they inject the price, and then once they scan the QR code, they get the correct price on their uh, wallet. The next uh, payment model that we're currently working on, it's uh, currently in testing, it will be released within a few weeks, is the top-up billing model, where the merchant uh, sets the amount and the threshold, and every time the customer's balance with that merchant drops uh, below the threshold, the merchant is allowed to top it up back to the initial amount. Later on, we're looking to introduce uh, also the paper time where the merchant can uh, create a billing model of, let's say, $5 per minute. If it's, a, I don't know, a video stream or something and charge the customers by the minute as they consume the content. And there are many more to come, but uh, Right now, these are the, the ones on our uh, immediate, immediate order. Got it. And just out of curiosity, I mean, I don't know many people doing something like this, but is there any, are there any other companies doing something similar to what you're doing? Yeah. Uh, yes and no. First of all, there are many companies that are in the payment space, uh, within inventory space, both uh, with the cards and uh, on the blockchain. Uh, many companies on the blockchain are uh, attacking the, the payment issues from different angles. 
I heard about companies that uh, are also uh, doing uh, recurrent payments. We saw some of the solutions. I think our solution was uh, much more flexible and robust than the solutions we saw so far. Uh, Ethereum uh, themselves, they have, uh, uh, they're trying to develop their own standard for uh, recurring payments, and we're trying to contribute to that as well with the knowledge that we accumulated by actually doing this. But I, I didn't see so far any other company that uh, focuses on flexible billing models and trying to mimic existing business uh, logics and bring them from uh, cards to the blockchain. Right. So essentially, you're just like you said, you're, you're making credit cards blockchain based, I guess. Yes, even though I, I don't like uh, to call it like this because it's uh, a little bit uh, misleading. People might think that uh, we offer cards to pay with crypto, and this is something that we don't do. Other companies are doing this, but this is something that we currently don't do. We might do this in the future, but we bring the, the, the flexibility of credit cards to the blockchain. Right, and it's all digital. Nothing is physical here. Currently, everything is digital. Right, the wallet and all of that. Yes. Okay. So let's kind of change the subject a bit. We had an interesting discussion a few days ago that I think our listeners would enjoy. You basically mentioned something around there, there are tokens for specific platforms, mm-hmm. like there are CED tokens. I guess there are, you know, adult entertainment tokens. But you mentioned that solutions like these aren't really useful, that they won't really work. Can you explain why? I think that the specific tokens somehow uh, are missing the purpose. Especially if we look at the, there were some initiatives to create a adult entertainment tokens. All these specific uh, tokens, it's like a casino chip. You can do with, inside the platform, you can do a lot with it, but once you go out of the casino, there's nothing you can do with it. You have to uh, exchange it uh, to something else. And I think that eventually people will not be happy to hold 500 different tokens for 500 different purposes in their wallet, especially if these tokens uh, fluctuate in value. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I think that uh, people will appreciate more uh, a more global approach, a token that you can use in many platforms. And this is what we try to achieve with the PMA token. It's not for uh, any specific platform, but for each platform that is working with us. And we already have more than 100 brands that uh, sign agreements with us and are going to integrate with us and offer their services for the PMA uh, token. Amongst them, as you mentioned, uh, Fashion TV, Rent24, Wix, Pornhub, and lots of other uh, companies in the adult entertainment uh, industry, but in other industries uh, as well. Uh, so our token, we, in, in this sense, our token will be like a global currency. And our challenge here and what we need to, to, to prove is that we're able to bring more and more businesses to, to this ecosystem. Right. Well, I mean, so far, it sounds like the progress is going really well. Like you already have a hundred brands. And what I really like about it is that it is diverse. Like you aren't just catering to one sector, but you're catering to multiple sectors. And so, so this is actually really useful for consumers in that sense. It's not just a consumer of one platform, but they can use the token on Wix or Fashion TV or 
the for dating or adult entertainment and i think that's what's really unique about it exactly exactly and 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 uh, really aim to uh, build a like a multi-level uh, uh, ecosystem so for example if i uh, uh, sell stuff on a uh, on a uh, wix and then I can uh, accept PMA token as a currency, but then I can use this PMA token to pay weeks my monthly subscription. And then if I happen to rent an office from uh, Rent24, I can pay my rent with whatever I uh, uh, accept from my customers. So uh, the more businesses and the more levels or layers we add to this ecosystem, the better everybody will be. Yeah, I mean, it also sounds like the solution, you know, technology side of things with blockchain, it sounds like it could even be applied moving forward to solve challenges like cross-border payments and remittances. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, totally. Uh, th there are no uh, digital borders, uh, especially in most of the world. And uh, it's very easy for me to send uh, you money. Uh, I'm in uh, Limassol, Cyprus, you're in uh, San Francisco. I can easily send you money and the settlement will be in, in seconds. So this is when we're talking about cryptocurrencies or, or digital uh, currencies. And uh, this solves a lot of uh, problems or a lot of uh, difficulties with the existing financial system where it takes many days to send uh, money from country to country across borders. So there are a lot of applications here as well. Also for uh, uh, remittance, this could be a very useful solution of cryptocurrencies for uh, expatriated employees to send money back uh, home. We are looking into that. This is currently not on our uh, immediate roadmap, but as we grow, as we develop, eventually, uh, I think this would be part of the services that we provide as a payment solution. It will make, make us even more uh, comprehensive payment solution. Right. Yeah. Well, I hope so, for sure. So, and also the PMA token was just listed on OKX, correct? Yes, that happened uh, just uh, the beginning of this week. We are now in uh, Hanoi, Vietnam. We just came here from uh, Singapore uh, yesterday. And we are moving on also to uh, Korea and uh, Tokyo later this uh, week. And everything is uh, done in collaboration with OKX. All this uh, week, all these uh, meetups and all this uh, roadshow is in collaboration with uh, OKX. We've been working with them for about uh, two months on this and the, the, the highlight of uh, these events is indeed this uh, listing on OKX platform. Right. Yeah, that's a major accomplishment for yeah. sure. Let's talk a little bit about security because, I mean, all of this sounds great, you know, the use cases, um, the token, but in terms of security, so holders or users that have PMA token, how do they know that that's safe in their wallet. Is there anything that you guys do that's unique or special to ensure security and privacy? We employ uh, the best practices for security and uh, privacy. We didn't invent anything uh, new here, but we are taking the, the best measures to secure the, the private keys. The private keys are held uh, on the user's devices. Uh, they're encrypted on the device. We do not have access to it. We created a, a, a flow. Once you set up your wallet, the flow is such that uh, we force you to memorize or write down your uh, seed phrase 
such that uh, you will not forget it and you will always have access to it because, uh, you know, there are cases that people, they don't uh, give too much attention to this, uh, to this process, and uh, eventually they lose uh, access to their tokens. And, and then there's nothing we can do because we don't have access to it either. It's, it's right. on crypto, you, you're responsible for your tokens. Right. We also uh, have uh, all our smart contracts that go through uh, audit before we publish them by two uh, independent companies. And uh, whatever they find, uh, we fix. And then we send them to another audit until uh, they're happy with the result. Uh, we were recently we were given the PCI uh, certification, which allow, which all, also it's uh, sort of uh, testifying about the, the standards that uh, we stand for. And this allows us to give our services via API to other payment service providers. And this is a part of our vision is also to integrate with as many payment service providers or PSPs as possible. In this, uh, in this respect, we are competing, completing because we are a payment service providers by ourselves. But uh, since we're offering a, a unique payment solution, uh, the blockchain based, we can offer this to other payment service providers. And by this, we can increase our reach to merchants. And by this, we can increase the offerings to customers where they can use the PMA token. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's the whole thing around, you know, this blockchain ecosystem is frenemies. Basically, yes. you're providing the solution for other payment providers. But right. this is unique because it's blockchain and it actually will make everybody's lives easier. And as long as we see more adoption, people are going to start realizing this. And that's when everyone's going to say, aha, blockchain-based payment solutions are actually much better than the solutions that we have today. Hopefully they will say that. Right. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. This is what, what uh, we try to achieve. We try to... Uh, I think that the blockchain has, uh, you know, its own intrinsic uh, uh, advantages over existing payment solutions, like uh, that the transactions are final and immutable, so customer cannot regret the transaction, just uh, call the bank and ask for their money, which is a huge problem for uh, many sectors. The fees are much lower. The settlement is immediate, the, the, so there's no problem uh, cash flow-wise. And we also try to make all our products very easy to use and intuitive to use. And we put a very uh, significant focus on user experience and user interface. Right. Yeah, that's important. Changing the subject a little bit again, uh, just out of curiosity, what are your thoughts on Libra? I mean, it's kind of the hot topic right now. I'm, I'm asking everyone I interview, and I'm just trying to get people's perspectives. So are you for, are you against? What are your thoughts on it? I think Libra is a good thing, but it will never happen. And, and why? I think it's a good thing, first of all, because it's indeed, a, it, it has the potential to become a global currency. Uh, it's a stable coin, so it will not uh, fluctuate. Facebook, the only uh, uh, entity in the world that is able to pull something like this uh, off, uh, they have access to 2 billion uh, customers that can become 2 billion uh, users of Libra. Some of them are also uh, you know, business owners uh, and, and they can accept Libra as a means of payment. So. Only Facebook can do something like this. However, 
I think this is the exact reason that it will not happen. Uh, we saw uh, the the response of the regulators once they uh, introduced uh, Libra, and uh, I think Facebook just gave the weapon to to the regulators to take them apart, to break them to pieces with antitrust laws, because they want to become uh, now they own the data of two billion people. And now they want to become also a central bank and a commercial bank. And I don't see how regulators uh, will let it happen. Uh, I, I think it was at the same week that they announced it, that the, the uh, Senate invited the, the person that, that uh, is responsible for this project uh, for a hearing. And then the regulators in uh, France and uh, Germany and other places, they, they said that they, they will not let it happen. So. It's a good initiative. It, 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 it could have bring the crypto to the mainstream, uh, really and, and immediately. But, uh, I really, I'm, I'm, I don't see how they managed to do it. Yeah. I mean, that and on top of everything, it's like Facebook and the problems they're having with like people's data and abusing it. I mean, do we really want to have a payment system that's known for taking all these people's data and kind of like using it illegally. Exactly. Exactly. Facebook has a history. Yeah. Facebook is Facebook. And it's one thing that, uh, you know, they can uh, predict what are your uh, uh, interests, but it's a whole different ball game when they see where you spend your money and how and when. I will be afraid of it. Personally, as, as much as I think it's a, it's a good initiative, it scares me to think that there's an entity somewhere that knows exactly where I spend my money and when and how much, and then they can give me products that I didn't even think that I want. Right. It's scary. I mean, yeah, there's a lack of, um, it's not anonymous anymore. And I think that's one of the benefits of crypto payments is that it's anonymous. Uh, I have two things to say about this. First of all, uh, Facebook are saying that they, they will not touch the data, there are you no know, Chinese walls between Libra and Facebook. I don't know about it. I didn't see those walls. And I, I, I don't think there will be walls. Otherwise, Facebook wouldn't do it. They want to benefit from it. And as for uh, anonymity, um, indeed, there is a anonymity. You, you can say uh, crypto as fully anonymous or completely non-anonymous because all the transactions are open. Everybody can see them. The, the from address to address, the timestamp, the amount, anybody can see them. So as long as I don't know what is your address, then you're completely anonymous. But once I know your address or your addresses, I see exactly all your transactions. I can trace them uh, completely. So. You can argue here whether it's anonymous or non-anonymous. Right. I mean, that's a really good point. In terms of the transactions that you're initiating with the PMA token, and like, you know, you're catering a lot to the high risk businesses, I guess in, would you, you would prefer that those transactions are anonymous, right? Your users yes. would prefer that that remains anonymous. Well, it is not uh, my preference, it's the user's preference and it's the business's uh, preference, N not only in high-risk sector, but any business would like to keep his, uh, their transaction uh, uh, anonymous. So, so we take some measures in this respect and we allow businesses to use multiple addresses and uh, 
there are some uh, integrations where each transaction goes to a different wallet. They have like infinite number of wallets and each transaction is going to a different wallet. So they get like a complete uh, anonymity. Uh, so, and yes, this is uh, again a feedback that we received from uh, uh, businesses that we work with and we try to help them solve this. Not so much uh, from the customer perspective, which remains somewhat anonymous because nobody really knows your address, but from the business perspective where they don't want to expose the, their data to the world. I mean, it's an interesting space. You know, it's there's benefits and there are also things that might not be so beneficial. So I think we just have to, you know, see how it all plays out. Um, Yoav, can you tell us what's kind of on your roadmap moving forward? What's next for Puma Pay? Sure. Right now, the purpose of uh, our uh, uh, roadshow now in uh, Asia is to launch the system. We develop the main uh, components of the system. Everything is fully operational. And now we're moving on from the development phase to the uh, adoption phase. Obviously, there's still a lot uh, to develop and develop, uh, the development will never end. There are always features that we want to add and things we want to improve. But currently we have all the core components are in place. The pool payment protocol is uh, on the blockchain and uh, is working with its uh, scheduler, the Puma Pay server, uh, our API that uh, allows uh, businesses, but the main piece is to integrate with our solution. Our business console, which is uh, where uh, businesses register and create their billing models uh, with a very simple four-step wizard, they can create any billing model. Uh, this is also live and operational. Uh, we have uh, three wallets, the iOS wallet, Android wallet, and a Chrome extension, and, and they can work together so your Chrome extension can have the same uh, private key as your uh, iOS wallet. So when you're browsing uh, using your PC, you don't have to uh, scan your code with your mobile wallet. You can use, it's like a MetaMask uh, wallet on your browser. Uh, all these uh, components are uh, already fully operational. Um, as I said before, we're uh, planning to add uh, more billing models. We still have to develop and uh, launch uh, Puma Pay Pride, which is the hub connecting uh, uh, crypto holders and businesses that are accepting crypto. And it will uh, allow businesses to do uh, uh, direct and targeted the uh, ad campaigns uh, to customers, and they will uh, uh, be able to promote their products and offerings uh, directly from within the wallet. And on the other hand, it will be integrated in the wallet in such a way that customers will be able to uh, browse, search, and uh, uh, find around them businesses that are accepting cryptocurrency as a means of payment. Cool. Uh, yeah, so this is another component that uh, we need uh, to develop. We are also going to uh, the capability to top up your wallet with credit card. So you can buy payment tokens directly from within the wallet with a credit card. You won't necessarily have to open an account in, ex in, in exchange, buy crypto there and transfer to your wallet. Everything will be done directly in the wallet. Um, later on, uh, there are three more major developments that we intend to do. Uh, the first one we discussed earlier, it's the multi-crypto support, where we will automatically convert other cryptocurrencies to PMA at the moment of the transaction. So you don't have to 
uh, hold PMA tokens in your wallet. And this, you know, coincides with what I said about people not wanting to hold the 500 uh, tokens, but rather to have a few coins, global coins in the wallet. So they will not have to have uh, the PMA token, but it will, uh, it will be automatically converted to the PMA token at the moment of the transaction. In addition, we want to introduce another organism to our ecosystem, which is the processing nodes, uh, which will allow us to further decentralize the system. Currently, the PumaPay server is the uh, entity responsible for executing transactions. And uh, we do that uh, for, for free. We do not charge a, a transaction processing fee from uh, anyone. However, we want to further decentralize it and more uh, entities, uh, nodes that will do the transaction processing. In this case, there will be a fee in PMA tokens that the businesses will have to offer the, uh, the, the processing nodes in order to process their transactions. It will be like a, um, like a miners on the, the blockchain. And, and what we have in mind is, uh, that, uh, the, the whole processing nodes network will work on a sort of a proof of a stake algorithm where uh, transactions are allocated according to a stake. And the stake in this respect would be the amount of payment tokens that these processing nodes are holding. So this is another uh, factor that we want to add to the uh, PumaPay uh, system. We're also looking into adding uh, the capability to manage fiat uh, within the wallet, like with uh, Revolut, where you can uh, send the funds directly from your bank account, uh, dollars or euro, you can send it to your digital wallet, and then you will have a representation of this uh, fiat uh, uh, in the wallet, like you will see uh, PMA token, Bitcoin, Euro, dollar, uh, etc. And uh, hopefully, eventually, you will be able also to uh, use our advanced billing models directly with fiat, where the fiat is converted to PMA token at the moment of the transaction. So this is the vision to, I don't know, the years to come. It's not uh, something uh, that we will see immediately, but uh, uh, I hope that uh, somewhere within uh, 2020, this will become a reality as well. Yeah, well, I hope so also. Uh, Yoav, it's been a real pleasure. So if our listeners want to get in touch with you or get in touch with PumaPay, how can they do that? So the first stop should be pumapay.io. And there uh, they can also find our uh, Telegram group and uh, our Telegram uh, news channel, uh, email, and uh, all the social links. Right. And the Twitter handle is at PumaPay, right? Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Okay. Hear that, everyone. At PumaPay. Follow them. Check them out. They're a real awesome company. And it's been a, a, a pleasure having you, y'all. Thank you. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us today. You can find further information in the show notes to learn more about PumaPay. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Crypto Chick Podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the show. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, if you have time, please leave me a review. I enjoy hearing your feedback. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at RachelWolf00, on LinkedIn, or on Instagram at Blockchain and Bikinis. Thanks for listening. See you all next time. 